Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Guardians of the Future podcast. I'm Justin Latta. Uh, thanks for listening a couple weeks ago to the uh, interview we did with Adam Allen Miller, new owner of the Lake County Captains. If you haven't had a chance to check that out, go back, especially if you are planning on attending any Lake County Captains games this season uh, or any minor league games that matter. He is a really interesting guy. He had a lot of good things to say about the captains and where things are going for them and just minor league baseball in general. Uh, easy to get really excited to talk about minor league baseball with a guy like that. He had a lot of passion for it. So if you haven't had a chance to check that out, uh, go back and do so. I really recommend it. Of course I recommend it. I just want to record it. But um, yeah, well, we're going to go back to doing a little bit of solo this week. We'll probably try to alternate every other week where we have uh, a guest and then maybe just me to kind of run up some things uh, that has been going on in the minor league system. Still working on locking down some interviews, especially uh, as the season hasn't started yet. But as the season gets closer, we'll have some more people on, and uh, we'll try to make this more of a regular thing while I'm not doing the uh, Lockdown Guardians with Jeff, which you should also check out. Uh, you can follow me at jail underscore baseball. If you don't, if you're not on Twitter, uh, check out nextyear.substack.cleveland.com, where you can find all my writing. And uh, even if you don't like Twitter, uh, subscribe on YouTube. It's uh, at Justin Ladd on YouTube. I'm just keeping the podcast there for now. Uh, hopefully we can kind of grow the YouTube page. I'm going to have more podcasts up there over the course of the season, and I will have uh, some videos from games this season as well. I'm going to try to upload some videos from uh, the season into our 2022 season as well. I'm working on getting some of my camera cleared off so I can get more stuff up there, uh, or I can get stuff off of there for the uh, 2023 season. I need to clear some space in the camera. So uh, let's get into some stuff for spring training, though. Obviously, we talked about not really trying to – evaluate too much based on spring training, but there's been some storylines going on and, and things worth talking about uh, without really analyzing stats or, or anything really going on seriously. But um, first thing was, you know, Bo Naylor option to AAA a couple weeks, last week while he's with Team Canada. He started for Team Canada, their first game against Great Britain. Had a kind of a rough day, but that's not really, you know, factoring into this. Um Bo Naylor was always going to go back to AAA. He was never going to start the season in the major leagues. I know some people out there I see talking about, you know, why can't he be the backup catcher? What's going on? I I, I think it's been pretty obvious since day one that they were looking for help in the offseason for backup catcher. They were never going to start the season with Naylor. Zanino is going to play a lot and um, makes no sense for Bo Naylor to play one or two days a week behind, behind Mike Zanino. Could he learn a lot? Sure. But he's probably going to learn a lot more. Um, playing every day, like, you know, the stuff he has taken from Sandy Alomar or what he'll learn in the World Baseball Classic for Mike, for Mike Zanino, uh, he can take that back and play in AAA. There's things he can work on, you know, especially as we saw in the World Baseball Classic, you know, throwing accuracy, blocking, I think he needs to continue to improve upon game calling, all those things uh, he needs to work on as well. And, and, just these regular bats, you know, it's, it's like you played a full season at triple a and, and can, can they make the major league roster work with Bo Naylor and Mike Zeno? Yes, they can. They have it open. They kind of have an open space on that roster where they could do that. But as I've said here, and as I've said on, on lockdown guardians, I think if they're going to do that, they need a third catcher because Tito does not like to play his backup catcher. He likes to have that safety valve on, on the bench in case the starting catcher gets hurt. Cause then if you're using the backup catcher, then you don't have a backup catcher. You have, you know, Tyler Freeman or Ernie Clement as, a, you know, used to be that guy. They, they don't have that. They, they could make David Fry that guy, but they've got to find the open roster spot for David Fry then, too. Uh, for now, it might just be easier to go with Cam Gallagher, let Bo Naylor play every day, and then figure that, that spot out. 
Um, but I, I do think they can get regular bats for Naylor and Zanino as the season goes on. But it depends on roster construction, too. Maybe there'll be injuries. Maybe other things will happen. But for now, it makes sense for Bo Naylor to play in AAA every day and, and work on some of the things we talked about. So this really is, shouldn't come as a surprise. I don't think, even if he had stayed in camp and not gone and played in the World Baseball Classic, this wasn't going to matter. He was probably always going to AAA. The real question is, who is going to be that backup catcher? We have discussed that ad nauseum on uh, Lockdown Guardians as well. I, I'm going to take a look at the, the Brian Lavastia situation later in the podcast today, too, to sort of figure out where he fits into this equation and how things are going for him and what his future likes, looks like uh, right now. Um, but, yeah, there really should be no surprise Bo Naylor got, got sent down. Nothing to do with World Baseball Classic. I did say that. I don't think him going to the World Baseball Classic necessarily helped his case, but I think it was pretty unlikely he was going to make the roster out of spring training. Like a lot would have had to happen, I think, for him for him to make it in the majors to start spring training. The other thing I want to talk about too: Joey Cantillo finally got into a spring training game, uh, Cactus League. I know he's throwing he's throwing on the backfields, and uh, you know if you listen to the interview with Andre on Lockdown Guardians, uh, he talked about Cantillo facing a lot of really good hitters uh, in, in the backfields. He was scheduled to get in a game a couple weeks ago or like last week, and then he didn't make it in, and or he was taken off the roster the morning of, and then he did it the other day he pitched. And apparently looked pretty good. You know, he threw up to 96, according to Mandy Bell, uh, MB.com, including Guardians. Um, looked pretty good. Had a, had a scoreless sitting that was really good, and they're going to be careful with him. But, you know, as the most recent episode of Lockdown Guardians, we talked about forgetting about Joey Cantillo among this – team's pitching prospects. I mean, we've talked a lot about Tanner Bybee, especially here and there, and we've talked a lot about um, Daniel Espino and Gavin Williams and Logan Allen and a bunch of other guys. And for good reason, those guys are pretty good. Joey Cantillo being on the 40-man roster I think is, is a big deal. I think, you know, are they going to be careful with him? Absolutely. I already said this the other day on, on the show. But I think there's a good chance that you see him this year. I think right now I feel like you're going to see one of the guys on the 40, whether that's Joey Cantillo. I think you'll probably see one of the guys that has to go on the 40, which would be either Espino or Logan Allen. If they get, if, if, Allen, or if, if Espino can get healthy, so I think you'll see Cantillo this year. I think you could see Logan Allen or Daniel Spino, depending on how things go. And I think there's a chance you might see one of the guys not on the 40, and that could be uh, that don't have to be on the 40, I should say. So Allen and Espino both have to be on the 40 by November for Rule 5 protection. I think given the way the Guardians have operated, those guys will probably be on the 40 before then and maybe make an impact this year, uh, provided health. Um and I think there's a chance that one of Williams or Bybee could also do this. So that would require them to add up to three guys to the 40-man roster on the pitching side of things. That would that would require a lot of movement uh, throughout the season. And that that might that might uh, factor in with guys like uh, Jason Billis and Richie Palacios and Hunter Gaddis and Xavier Curry. They got to figure out are those all spots they want to hang on to long term. Uh, Ahmed Rosario will clear a spot at the end of the year. So will Mike Zanino. So there's two spots, but yeah, I mean, Kintel already on, which is good. So I think you'll see him. It's a really good sign that he is having, he's throwing the ball well in camp up to 96, up to 97. That's a good sign. Um, I think that you will see him this year. Like I said, I think you'll see one of Allen and Espino, and I think you'll see one of Williams and Bybee. Uh, 
And I think the real question is, is that a good thing or is it a bad thing? I think it's a good thing for the fact that um, at least, oops, uh, at least you'll get talented pitchers in the majors at some point this season from the prospects. Does that mean there's injuries in the rotation? That's a good question. Maybe they just trade them and move on, like they probably should, uh, if we're being honest here. I think we've all been talking about that for a while now. Um, if they see that much pitching, I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see how, how that plays out for them long-term, or for the 2023 season. Is it better long-term? It is. Um, a lot. There's a lot of ramifications for that to happen. So I think the top pitching go. But, don't, yeah, don't count on Joey Cantillo. We've talked a lot about the other prospects in the system. Joey Cantillo is a really, really good pitching prospect and kind of feels like because of the injuries, he's been forgotten because Espino uh, is the best pitching prospect maybe in baseball if he's healthy, which right now it seems like a big if. Tanner Bybee's gotten a lot of attention from others, us included, me included. And then there's Logan Allen, who's still a top 100 prospect most places. And then uh, there's Gavin Williams, who's a top 100 prospect every place but like one. So uh, Joey Cantillo often gets kind of left out of that group and um, if he gives you a uh, full 2023 season, not talking like, you know, 160 innings or whatever, but if he gives you like 120 innings, 140 innings this year, um, that's a good sign. It'd probably be closer to 100. I said, we'll see what the pitching plan is for him, but they are going to be very careful with him. Maybe he could be a bullpen option. I don't know. Uh, as we talked about, bullpen doesn't necessarily mean you're going to stay healthy. It would be great if that was the case because we'd have a lot more guys we wouldn't be as concerned about, but um you know, he could be a lefty in the bullpen. He's already on the 40, and he could use the major league experience this year, get his feet wet a little bit, and see if they can't use it because he's got the stuff. But um, I think they want to put him in a good spot to make his major league de- debut whenever that is. Cleveland's always so careful to break the guys in the right way, not bring them up before they're ready. If they, You know, the last, last year or so has been really rushed for a lot of guys, let's be honest. Like, the way they've brought guys up last year is not – Typical of how they've done it. Like, Xavier Curry had to get called up, and so did Peyton Bampton. They didn't make his debut. Uh, even even guys like Tanner Tully and Kirk McCarty had to come and make their debuts under duress with, with COVID situations. Hopefully that won't be the case this year. Um, other guys throughout the year have, have been, you know, were up and down. They, they, they made space for... For Will Benson, they made space for Richie Plashes. They made space for Tyler Freeman, and Gabriel Arias when it when it when it when it made sense. Although I still argued the Freeman thing didn't make sense because he sat a lot, and I don't know if that's necessarily great for him. I guess he didn't have much to prove in AAA at that point, but uh, that's neither neither here nor there. They, they've done a good job of making sure that when they bring guys up, they play. They're in a good spot. They're ready to be there. They're not rushed outside of you know emergency situations, which. There have been a few, and I think they're going to probably, with, with Cantillo, you can bet that emergency situation, that's not going to be Cantillo. If we're talking about an emergency pitching situation, we're talking about Gaddis, we're talking about Curry, we're talking about Pilkington, first of all, Pilkington, because he has experience. Um, Gaddis, you know, got thrown into the fire last year, too, which he probably wasn't ready for, and that was unfair. But um, other than that, they are very calculated about bringing these guys up, how they did it with Will Brennan, how they did it with, with Bo Naylor. And given Cantillo's last two seasons, I mean, the guy has not pitched basically a full year since 2019. Uh, even then, I don't think it was a full year. I'm not going to look at the stats real quick, but it wasn't like he pitched a ton. And then he didn't pitch in 2020, 2021, and barely in 2020, and only half of 2022. So they're going to be careful with him. They're lucky they even have him at this point, as we've talked about. So, But I, I do think there's a role for him, and I think that he just kind of has lost uh, 
I don't know, some press that he probably deserves among the Guardians pitching group because they have done done the magic with him again. You know, he came to Cleveland as a guy who threw 80, 88 to 92 and hit 94 occasionally, and now we're talking about a guy who's throwing 91, 94, topping 96 uh, sometimes, and that has really brought his curveball along. That has made his changeup even better because of the separation, and he's always had a good changeup, and he's got the cutter now, so uh, the pitching factory did exactly what we all thought they could do with Joey Cantillo, so uh, don't forget about him as the season goes along. Other guys I'm, I'm really pleased to see getting some shout-outs during spring training. We've talked about a lot on this podcast. So the first one, Mike Caprice, we've talked about here. And Lockdown Guardians both last year and this year. Um, Zach Meisel a few weeks ago, I should say just a week ago, had a great piece in The Athletic just about spring training observations and talked about Caprice. And um, he's had a lot of playing time, which is really great. He – Started off playing a lot of first base with John Kenzie Noel playing the outfield. Then Noel had a back injury and he was out for a while. He's back, but Priest, you know, saw time in left and right, which I haven't seen him in right field in in uh, the minors the last couple of years. It's really been first or left. Still want to see him in center field. I would still like to see if that works out. And I was watching the game the other day on TV, on MLB TV when he was running the first, and I think I got him clocked at like 4.15 from home to first on a ground ball. So that's pretty good. We're talking about above average run times there. So Mike Caprice is, is a big guy. Like he's not, you know, big, but he's tall. He's uh, got a pretty big frame. He runs pretty well. So just because he plays first base, don't think he can't run what you've heard. But um, in Zach's article, he talked about Francona meeting with Mike Caprice, uh, pre spring training. And Mike Caprice was talking about how, you know, I know I'm under the radar and, now people, you know, people don't know who I am, and he expected Francona not to be super familiar with him. But um, as no surprise, Francona knew who he knows who he is, and the Guardians know who he is, and he's put a lot of work in. And you know, everybody should know him because of his background, his baseball family, his grandfather, his father, and his brother has been in minor league baseball. And um, there's just a lot of special things about Pre's, about his history. We've talked about about his recruitment in college and. Um, just how far he's come in his baseball career and, you know, overcoming uh, injury before he started his pro ball and then having not to be able to play in twenty in 2020 and then didn't really play a full season in 2021, had the breakout last year. And Zach said if he hadn't been 25, we'd be talking about him even more, and I agree with that. But uh, the organization's very aware of him, so this was not like, you know, I, I talked about, you know, maybe, maybe Pree's got the spring invite because, you know, they do need bodies at first base because it's – it's Bell and it's Naylor and it's it's uh, John Ken's Noel who they keep putting in the outfield. So they needed bodies at first. But David Fry can play first. They could call anybody up from the minors to um, to take reps at first base as an extra, as they called up a lot of guys to be extras this, this spring. We'll talk about them in a second. But um, now this invite to spring training definitely feels very, very, uh, well, it was deserved, but very um, calculated by Cleveland. They, they plan on that and, think it had a lot to do with what he did last year, but good to see the organization recognizing him. And then uh, PD Halpin had a double in a game. Andy Bell had an article on, on this in her newsletter as well over at uh, LB.com slash guardians and talked about his double in one of the games last week. And he got the MVP of the game from Frank Kona. He got called over from spring, the minor league complex to come and join a meeting. Uh, Frank Kona called, Helping out in front of everybody and gave him the, the MVP and the MVP gets like a cash reward, which is cool. And then, you know, he didn't really make a speech, but everybody wanted to make a speech. It was kind of funny. Um, but, you know, he definitely was recognized by the team and, rec- and he felt, you know, 
recognized by them. And, and they also talked about a base running mistake that he might have made about, you know, not taking the extra base, slowing down, putting his head down instead of looking up. And, and we've seen that with Stephen Kwan in the past. So that was that happened last year with Stephen Kwan, his rookie year. And, and Kwan, I don't think, made that mistake a second time. And I don't think Petey Halpin will either. But as we talked about in previous episodes of the podcast, Petey Halpin has a new stance. He looks physically stronger. He looks a lot like Grady Sizemore in a stance. It's interesting, but um, I think Petey Halpin is due for a big year, and I think it's because of that, you know, the, the increased strength and how he got better as the season went along in 2022. But uh, now that he knows the organization, he's on their radar. He's going to want to go out and play well, and he's going to want to play well to begin with. But <clears throat> I think it's something that really adds motivation, so I think it's going to be a pretty good year for Petey Halpin uh, for those who – aren't already on the bandwagon. I think everybody listening to this knows how big uh, I've been on PD help and how big the websites, you know, between guardians baseball insider next year in Cleveland and this podcast have been, but uh, watch out for PD help in this season, patrolling center field, hopefully at canal park. I don't see how he wouldn't be there. Um, <clears throat> some injury updates. So Cody Morris is going to be talking. He's going to be hoping to throw a bullpen the next seven to 10 days. That's as of today recording this, that's the plan. Um, they're, they don't have a date for his first bullpen, but he's targeting, uh, the next seven to 10 days, trying to figure out when he's going to throw next bullpen. I don't think they're going to stretch him back out as a starter at this point. I don't think it makes sense. Um, especially with the Sam Hatches situation right now, you potentially have two guys that are not going to be on the opening day roster, um, for the bullpen if they both don't make it back and there's no need to rush either of them. There's no need to rush Hatches. There's no need to rush. Uh, Morris, like, yeah, you've got Seattle and New York out of the gate. You got Oakland mixed in, which, you know, shouldn't matter. Um, you still have Washington, Detroit, too. Those teams stink. Uh, it's a long season, and this team should have goals and eyes on going to the ALCS this year, hopefully more, but at least the ALCS. Let's get, you know, get around further than 2022. They're not getting to the ALCS. I'm not, not saying one reliever is, is going to hinge everything for the season, but uh, Sam had just proved last year how good he was in that bullpen, how important he was. And I think they're going to need Cody Morris too. I don't, I don't see them getting the ALCS, ALCS without Sam Hentges are making a trade to replace him. If he ends up not being healthy this year, they're going to need to find some option to take his place. So um, I am sure this, this organization has long-term goals with, with this situation. They're not going to rush him back, but same for Cody Morris. Let's, let's just say Cody Morris pitch 50 innings, pitch 60 innings for the first time since 2019. You know, let's, I know there's no, I'm still waiting for somebody to, to come out with a study. Like I, I could do the research myself, I suppose, but I've got a lot of other things going on, but I, I still wait for someone to prove to me that, Hey, this guy was hurt a lot, went to the bullpen and magically he was fixed. And I know there's cases of it that we've talked about on, on lockdown guardians as well. There are some examples where it has worked, but, it's not like a, a cure-all where it's like, oh, guy can't stay healthy, go to the bullpen, and it works. It doesn't work every time. Guys guys being asked to pitch on back-to-back days and, and kind of um, asking them to go 100% or 90% or whatever it is you do in the bullpen, however you figure that out, it still takes a toll on you. You have to be ready. Your body has to be ready to do that, and this is the second lat injury for Cody Morris. So who knows how that's going to impact him long-term, but – you got you got options at AAA to start. You got Pilkinson. You got Gaddis. You got Curry. Um, you should have Bybee, Williams, Allen, Cantillo, 
all starting at AAA. They're not all going to. Espino should come back. They're not all going to start AAA, but they should. They're all ready for it. You don't need Cody Morris in the rotation there. He's older. He's had injuries. You've got other guys with upside to get innings with in AAA, especially Cantillo. I think he's ready for AAA. Allen was in AAA last year. To me, Bybee Williams and left enough to prove in AAA. You still have Battenfield, which we're going to talk about him too, if you really need another starter. Put Morris in the bullpen. And you want to know what, if he handles this year really well, if he comes back from this injury and he stays healthy the whole year, you know, if he's a great asset in the bullpen and you think he's ready to start, stretch him out next season. The guy's got all the options too. Like let's remember Cody, Cody Morris spent all year last year in the 60 day IL and they rehabbed him for 30 days on the IL and they called him up right after. So they never optioned him down. He's got three option years and he's going to be 27 next year. So, you know, time is of the essence for him, but you have options on him. You know, let's, let's put him in the bullpen, see what he can do and, and, Leave him there. Let's just get him one healthy season and get through that and see what happens. I don't know. I, again, the bullpen's not a cure-all for that, but, you know, they're talking about going back and forth, whether it makes sense to do that. I say get him get him through a healthy 2023, see what he does, reevaluate your position in 2024. I think you've got options to cover you for this year. Um, as much as I like Cody Morris' stuff, and I think he could be a starter, it does d- depend on health, but it also depends on the fact that you're going to be having – Allen and Espino coming on the 40. You're going to be having Bobby and Williams coming. Um, there's just not a lot of spaces for him. We'll see. Just hang on to him and figure out what to do down the road. Just get him get him to impact the team in some way. I think that's what makes the most sense right now. Uh, maybe not ideal. And on that, you know, Tim Herron's had a pretty good spring. Um, some hiccups here and there, you know, some home runs, whatnot, and um, – has, has looked good in some games and, you know, has had things happen in others. That's spring training, and he's it's his first year uh, on the 40 in spring training. I, I think that he has a pretty good shot of uh, opening the season in the rotation – or in the rotation – in the um, bullpen, though, because if Hench is – let's see. I'm, I'm recording this on March 13th, so that puts us 7, 14 – we're about 17 to 18 days from – from opening day in Seattle, 17 days. I just, you know, Henches and Morris both aren't throwing in games right now. They're not getting it. You don't got to stretch them out because they're, in, well, Morris's case maybe, but Henches is a reliever. So I think there's still time maybe for Henches to get in the rotate into the bullpen. I don't know about Morris. We'll see. Um, I think there's a good chance one of them is not ready for the season. And, and as I said, I think it makes sense for them to, be careful with them and maybe not rush them back for opening day, which they won't. But I think this gives a lot of chances for um, um, Tim Heron to make the roster. I think that's a good thing. You know, if, if things don't work out, if he struggles, if you get guys back healthy, you need someone option down. Tim Heron makes a lot of sense to, to ride this I-71 shuttle this year. You need someone like that every year. Um, I don't know if it'll be Jason, if Jason Bills will be doing that. If he stays on the roster, I'm not really sure. But I think it makes sense to have him do that when you need to start the year in the, the bullpen with him. Get those two guys we talked about healthy and ready to pitch, and see what see what Tim Heron can do. I think he is ready for a shot, and um, I think it'll be fun for him to, to break camp opening day and see what he can do out of, out of the shoot. And uh, maybe he'll be surprised. Maybe he'll earn some some high leverage innings like the way Sam Hentges did. You know, Heron's been a reliever his whole life, and I think he's ready for it. Um, can you work on things in AAA? I don't know. I mean, 
His, his control got better last year for the first time. His stuff is good. Let's see how he plays in the major leagues and, and let him work it out. If it, you know, if he if he struggles and needs a refresher, um, at least he buys you time to make sure Morris and Hentges are healthy and he's got options you can send him down. You need somebody like that to keep the bullpen fresh throughout the year. And Heron is a great option. You're talking about last year, this team cycled through Ian Jabot and Johan Ramirez and guys that I can't even remember that cycled through the bullpen just to keep them fresh throughout the season when, when things went bad in the bullpen the night before. Um, if Heron is your option to do that, you could do a lot worse. I mean, we just talked about Ian Jabot and Johan Ramirez and some other guys that had probably no business being on this roster at points last year. Um, Tim Heron definitely belongs. And if you're going to make him the, the 27th guy, the the, tenth, the ninth bullpen guy, the I-71 show guy, you could do a lot worse. And um, is it a tough way to break into the majors? It is. But if he starts the year in, in the major leagues, and I know Cleveland is very, is very careful about how they bring guys up, how they send them down. You know, they like to bring them up when they're doing well in the middle of a good streak and they, they're confident. Um, they don't want to bring them up and then have to send them back down. But you know what? These are relievers. Let's say, um, let's say Heron does well out of the gate, but your rest of your bullpen gets taxed. Let's say, you know, two days in a row you're using Karen check and class a and Stefan and, You'd, maybe you go 13 innings or 14 innings. I mean, seems unlikely with this new rule, but, you know, maybe that happens. And you need a fresh arm for the next day who hasn't pitched. And Heron, Heron is the only guy you can option down out of that bullpen because there's nobody else. And you're sending him down anyway when he's doing good. You know, you're sending him down when he's struggling. Yes, that's a problem. That's, you know, teams don't like to do that because they don't want these – they don't want to have to do that. Sometimes that's reality. But – there's also a chance that your bullpen gets torched in a game too. And he's pitching well. And then he's the only guy on your bullpen with options. And you're like, all right, we have to send him down because we don't have anybody else. We have to get, you know, Jason Billis up here. We have to put Hunter Gaddis in the bullpen for a day just to cover us because we're short on, on uh, bodies out there with uh, innings to give in case we need it. And you're sending Heron down anyway, because he has options. So uh, both things are possible. So I don't see why you wouldn't have him start the year at least, to buy time for Henches and Morris to be healthy and ready to go. And, um, hey, if one of them is pitching well in the bullpen you, and you don't want to – or if Heron's pitching well you don't want to send him down, you don't have to. Um, you can figure things out from there. But uh, there's a chance you could send him down when he's pitching well anyway. So I don't think it should make a difference. And I think he'll be ready for it. And I think Cleveland will handle it how they always have. Speaking of bullpen arms, uh, don't read this too much, but – uh, Peyton Battenfield, before he got reassigned to minor league camp, did pitch one inning out of the bullpen the other day in a game. And I, I started thinking, okay, he's probably stretched out. It's probably his day to throw, whether it was a side session or a bullpen. They decided to do it in the game. Maybe he's, I'm sure he's throwing three, four innings, whatever he's doing in minor league camp. But he came out because, and this is why. So Logan Allen also came in behind him and threw an inning. And Joey Cantillo threw an inning. Well, Logan Allen and Joey Cantillo aren't going to the bullpen, let's be honest. So. I don't want to read too much into it to Peyton Battlefield and tell me through one inning in a major league game the other day, but it got me thinking, you know, we just talked about all the options that are available in AAA between Allen, Hunter, Curry, or Hunter, Hunter Gaddis, Curry, Pilkington, um, hopefully Cantillo, maybe one of Bybee or Williams. We'll see what happens. Maybe Tuki Toussaint is a quasi starter. I don't know. Uh, they have a lot of options. I would be really interested to see if 
if they move Peyton Batfield into like a multi-inning relief type. I think that'd be good for him. Hitters, the strikeout rate went down last year, but you know what? He still had a pretty good season. Uh, hitters have a hard time making good contact against him. He throws a lot of pitches. He'd get a bit of a velocity bump in the bullpen. Uh, he he definitely has a, a go-to pitch, whether it's his curveball or his cutter or his slider or change up any of those things he could probably use as a secondary weapon out of the bullpen, or he could use them all uh, in a multi-hitting role. I, I'm, I'm going to be curious to see what they do with him, what they decide the role for him is this year. I'm not saying because he pitched one inning on major league game, he's not stretched out. You know, he could, like I said, he could be up to three innings on the backfields throwing in a minor league game, but I don't know. just got to be thinking what, what if you move him to a bullpen role? I mean, you stretch him out, and you decide, okay, the rotation in AAA is Pilkington, it's it's Gaddis, it's Curry, it's Allen, it's Cantillo, and you're like, ah, how do we find innings for, for Battenfield? How do we find innings for for if Jason Billis sticks around? How do we find innings for um, for other guys who are sticking around in the bullpen? You know, we got to figure out how we're going to get these guys innings. I think uh, a multi-inning relief role for Battenfield would be really interesting, and I think it would be good for him. And, you know, I don't know if it's going to help him impact the team this year, but Peyton Manfield is going to pitch the majors for somebody, whether it's Cleveland this year or somebody else, uh, whoever finds innings for him. But uh, that'd be an interesting role for him, especially for Cleveland. I promised to talk about Peyton or uh, Brian Lavastida's spot uh, to today. I'm with with Bo Naylor gone in the World Baseball Classic. You know they got to play Zanino, they got to build Zanino up because he's missed the last he missed last season for most of it, and they're trying to figure out. You know, Cam Gallagher, but like, I'm not judging anything off of numbers for Brian Lavastida's spring training, obviously. Like, we're not going to do that here, but um, I don't know. I just think that this would be a good opportunity for him. Like, you know, Mabry's Valoria is not going to start the season with the, with the team, most likely. He's playing for Columbia right now, and I just don't see he's out of options. Cam Gallagher looks like he's going to be the backup catcher, but I, you know, I don't think he's really impressed anybody this spring. Maybe he has. The team has really, you know, been glowing about him learning from Salvador Perez and backing up Salvador Perez and um, just being a smart baseball guy. I think all signs point to Cam Gallagher making this team, honestly. But this this is a good chance for Brian Lavastida to impress during spring training, like come out and and play really well, look really good. Maybe he has. I don't know. There's not a lot of games on TV and. Um, he's only got nine plate appearances, though. Um, although Zanino's only got 14, to be fair. So they are spreading it out. And he's behind Lavastida, even though Loria's been gone for like a couple days now uh, or a week. He's only got one less plate appearances than plate appearance than Valoria. And Zach Collins has three more than him. Um, I don't know. It just seemed like it, this would have been a good chance for Lavastida to really make some noise and um, force Cleveland to continue to look at him and see what happens this year. And I, I don't know. I'm not saying he hasn't made an impression because I don't really know, but it's like, this would have been a great chance for him to, to really, I don't want to say open eyes. The eyes are open, but uh, to just make a splash, make it, you know, make them pay attention to him with the opportunity with Naylor being gone with, with Valoria being gone and, and having some extra playing time. But I don't know if he's done that or not, but um, I haven't really heard much about him. So maybe he hasn't, it's hard to say, but, this, uh, this should be a good opportunity for him to at least show something and uh, see where he's at on their radar. But uh, it seems like he hasn't played as much as uh, would have thought. I saw on Instagram the other day that Ethan Hankins uh, posted some 
some uh, stats from his most recent uh, appearance in spring training for the minor league backfields. Uh, just some some data, some velocity reading, some spin rate, all that kind of stuff. And uh, he was up to 96, 98 from what he posted. And uh, he was throwing a 90 mile an hour changeup. I think the spin rate was somewhere in the 2,500 range for the fastball. And the changeup was somewhere in the low two, two, 2000s. Uh, that's good stuff. I don't know how the results are looking and probably doesn't matter. The fact is that Ethan Hankins is throwing 96 to 98 in spring training and he's got a 90 mile an hour changeup. That is a good thing. And I I'm curious to see what his role is going to be this this year too, because he has never pitched above low a, I think he might want to stay, might want to start him at Lake County and get him to double a just because I don't know where the innings are going to come from. And my guess is at the very least, he will be in a piggyback role. He might go three, four innings to start and see how this, how things go from there. I, I'd almost guarantee if it's not a piggyback role, it's a bullpen role. I don't think there's any way he's going to go out there and give you five innings his first start. Maybe he will, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe they think he's ready for that, but um, that's just my, my feeling is that's where things are going to go. Uh, but it sounds like the, the, the velocity has returned and, Everything looks good. I mean, 98 with 90 mile changeup sounds pretty good to me. Uh, so that was cool to see. Very encouraging. If they can get Ethan Hankins back to the pitcher uh, that he could be, especially now that he is in, in really good shape uh, physically, that could go a long way. That could really add to their pitching depth because uh, there's a lot of talent there for Ethan Hankins. Uh, other draft picks who have gotten into games this year. I've just been really. It's been really fun to see some of these guys. Like Joe Lampy has been in a couple of games. And he's looked really good, especially when he came in for um, for George Valera uh, when he had that injury, who's still not back. Uh, he's hit the ball really well. But, you know, it's been cool to see Connor Cox has gotten a lot of opportunities, especially after being in the AFL. I know he's a 2021 pick, but um, other 2021 picks who have been in, like Perez Kavanaugh got into a game the other day. Angel Zarate got into the game the other day. Um, just kind of running through my list here of guys that have gotten, I think that might be it from 2022. Uh, well, Hunter Stanley, another 2021 pick. I guess I should have said 2021, 2022 picks getting into the game. But, uh, yeah, all those guys have been got into a couple of games. That was really good to see. Um, always love it when you see the guys from last year getting the games. I, I don't know how often that happens. I, I can't recall too many times where the draft pick from the previous year got in. So, um, yeah, seeing Zarate, seeing Press Kavanaugh, and, and seeing Joe Lampy this spring has been pretty cool. And, you know, like I said, we got to see Connor Cox. And we've seen other guys as well from the 2021 class. We talked about Connor Cox. David Sharp has gotten into games. And David Sharp is, is what he's up to two major league innings. He's been on the on the roster almost at, a lot of games, uh, at least as, a, as an opportunity to come in if they need him. So he's been available for a lot of spring training games. Uh, Mason Hickman from 2020 has gotten has been in there. Franco Aleman. Um Hunter Stanley, as I mentioned, he is, has been on the roster for a lot of them. So good to see a lot of those guys just being available on the roster and some have gotten into games. That's always a really cool story. And uh, I think David Sharp has looked pretty good. Uh, one strikeout, two innings, a walk, and a hit. Um, yeah, so we'll see, keep an eye on, on guys like that throughout the rest of the spring as well just to see them get into games. I won't do too much with the World Baseball Classic update, but I will say uh, I did watch Josh Wolf pitch on Saturday for Team Israel. He was thrown up to 95, 96. I think he was like 93, 95 and topped out at 96. But, um, you know, he, he did give up the only run that uh, Israel allowed in that game, but they, they went on to win, which was good. But thought he looked, you know, 
good for the most part. At least he was healthy and throwing hard, so that's a, at least a good sign and a relief stint. Um, Diane Farias has been starting at shortstop at Columbia, so that's good to see. He's getting some really, really high-level reps. Um, even if he's not playing that well, and I went 0 for 4 with three strikeouts. His first game he started today against Great Britain, and I think I'm watching him as I report. I think Great Britain is uh, is going to win this game. They're up 7-3. to three. Wow, that's, that's quite the upset for Great Britain over Columbia who played well the other day, but Diane Frias continues to start a short at them. That's great for him. That's uh, a lot of internet, you know, a lot of experience for him. I guess, you know, there's not a lot of great players on, on Great Britain. Uh, they certainly don't have major league caliber jerseys, <laughs> but uh, whatever happened to look good, play good. I don't know. Maybe that's why they lost their first game. Uh, their jerseys are still, the jerseys they're wearing today are a lot better. The red ones, if you've watched the, the gray boxy ones, man, just, just really bad. Um, but they're going to win today. But then, and but it's a good opportunity for Diane Frias to get some upper level competition. Uh, would love to see him start against uh, Canada and Cleveland. Maybe he'll be in the box with uh, Bo Naylor behind the plate, who started Canada's first game. I think he's going to do the bulk of the catching. He's gotten a lot of praise from his team Canada teammates. I know Freddie Freeman was talking about how good Bo Naylor is going to be, he, how he puts the work in, and how he's just all over the place as far as information and, and being at the ready for everything. He's prepared for everything. Um, I know he had a rough first game. So did Cal Quantrill for that matter. I know he had a, uh, a rough first game, but you know, he's getting a lot of praise from team Canada, not just from Cal as teammate, but other guys in the majors who are on that team. So uh, not a surprise really though, because we talked about all the good qualities Bo Naylor has as far as um, leadership and, you know, learning Spanish and talking with his teammates and being in, invested in being a, a leader behind the plate. So no surprise that Team Canada has taken. Otherwise, they wouldn't have selected. They would have found somebody else. Um, and he's going out there catching guys like uh, John Axford and uh, some other interesting guys. So he's going to learn a lot there, which is good. So when we started the show talking about Bo Naylor, we're going to end up talking about Bo Naylor. Uh, okay, Smith has not gotten to a game for Team Canada yet, but I hope he will against uh, USA uh, on Monday night. We'll see, but that's about all I have this week. Make sure you are listening to Lockdown Guardians every single day. Um, Going to cover a lot of, you know, some similar stuff, but obviously this will be a little more minor league focused. Uh, Going to work on some guests again for next week or the next two weeks. We'll have a lot more to talk about as the season, you know, starts to get closer and where guys get assigned and um, just other things to talk about in the minor leagues as far as storylines are concerned throughout the year. But, We'll definitely have a lot more to talk about as we get closer. And of course, during the season, we'll make this a much more regular thing. And we'll try to have some of the team broadcasters on and um, some other things as well. Maybe some players and some coaches. But uh, thanks for listening to another episode of Lockdown Guardians. And uh, you know, tell a friend if they like prospects and they want to know more about the Guardians minor league system. This is the podcast for them. And uh, make sure to go tell them to go like it on YouTube. Uh, it's at Justin Latta. And... Make sure to follow on Twitter if you can and uh, check out the Substack at uh, nextstringcleveland.substack.com. Thanks again, and we'll catch you next week.